Too crazy for boys town. Too much of a boy for crazy town. The child was an outcast. Don't put on the show. Freaking win the game. Don't put on the show. You win the game. Don't put on the show. You win the game. Don't put on the show. You freaking win the game. You don't put on the show. You win. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Welcome back to show four. We have yet to be canceled, surprisingly. I know we normally talk mostly basketball, really whatever's on my mind for the day. But we got a couple special guests. But first, I have to do this before I introduce our guests, or I will definitely forget it. I don't know if anybody here likes basketball uh, or money, but if you do, Underdog Fantasy has launched a new way to combine your favorite things with NBA Pick'em, which is one of my favorite things. Money plus sports, it's it's really a revolutionary concept they've got going on. But if you just pick the over or under of the stats of your favorite players, that's it. If you're correct, you'll get paid up to 20 times your money. And this is, uh, exists for baseball, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, I guess. But Underdog is getting ready to launch a brand new NFL game. That's where our guests come in. And they won't tell me what it is, uh, but they sure is pretty cool. So stay tuned for that. Go ahead, download Underdog Fantasy in the App Store and the Play Store. Or underdogfantasy.com, promo code TRILL, T-R-I-L-L. Now for our special guest. We've got the host of the Underdog Football Show. We've got Josh Norris and Hayden Winks with us. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. I guess, what, episode four? Does that count as, like, the Brett Favre show? The J.J. Reddick show? Which one is that? I've... It's not any better fours than you know. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a pretty bad four, man. <laughs> you know who the next one I thought the next one yeah, I thought of the was one that Deshaun got taken Watson. away from us. Yeah, the one that got taken away. from us. I was us like, that's not a. Uh, this is the jam. Can you find us a non-horrible four? <laughs> Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, the little guy. Okay, I like. It. We can go with it. We can go with it. Um, but gentlemen, how, how's draft season treating you? It's, it's good. good. It's 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 something where it's just, you know, a lot of buzz. We try to predict. I was talking to to Jam before this, and, you know, he might have suggested he doesn't know that much about the NFL draft, and all we said was <laughs> same thing. Right, Hayden? <laughs> yeah, we're all guessing out here. I mean, we got a 50-50 shot if we think of guys good or bad. So, yeah, we're all on the same playing field, honestly. Well, I'm sorry you're, you're both wrong here, gentlemen, because you have <laughs> – it's either – there are three options. You think they're good, you think they're bad, or you hate them. That's the third option I think is, is relatively new here. So just be thinking, like, which prospects you like, don't like, and which ones you hate. Yeah. Gotcha. So, Tyler, what, what are your, like, early memories of the draft? Because I've been trying to mm-hmm. – even Hayden and I off show have been trying to even, like, predict where your fandom lies in the NFL landscape. And we're between two teams. <laughs> we're between two teams. Okay, so. uh, let me hear the teams. I'm, I'd like to hear those first. The Bengals and the Falcons are what we're, we're between. Okay, uh, solid guess. Uh, I'm trying to th- my first, honestly, my first draft memory is Akili Smith. I was a, I was a Bengals fan. I, I quit the Bengals. Good for <laughs> Good. You. A couple, yeah, 
couple the the playoff game where Dalton was out, McCarron was in, and Jeremy Hill fumbled. Devontae's perfect. Uh, Antonio Brown getting CT. That was the game I literally quit and have never looked back. And it was the best decision I've ever made. So, right-ish. I was I was a hardcore Bengals fan, which is horrifying uh, to say <laughs> in hindsight. But no, I, I've kicked the habit. I've been clean for four seasons now. And they yeah, that's, been... that's not very long. I'm, I'm sure they give you like a coin to keep in your back pocket. Yeah, too. like 365 days, 14 hours, uh, <laughs> right. 12 minutes. But they, they haven't been 500 since I left. So I right. maybe I, if I you come like back, definitely... maybe if you come back, you're like that, that, that secret charm here. We'll never know. We'll, we'll, we'll never know. Uh, who, who are you guys? Who's your team, Jeff? I grew up as a Panthers fan, uh, and it's just okay. because of I grew up in Charlotte, and mm-hmm. I was seven years old in 1995 when when the Panthers started, and you know you just become obsessed yeah. at that age. But uh, I mean, I remember the the Kerry Collins years, the Tim Biaka Batuka years, but mm-hmm. really the glory days were Jake Delome to Steve yeah. Smith to Mohsin Muhammad, yes. to Stephen Davis, who might be the least aesthetically pleasing running back in NFL history, wearing 48 with like a Tom Brady face mask and just <laughs> uh, running over people. But He's then got the deep- widest shoulders I've ever seen. As a <laughs> I, saw him in, I saw him at a Falcons game. And he's got the widest I've ever seen. He didn't have on shoulder pads. That's why I was like, right. this is absurd. Right. Uh, and and that defense was loaded too. It was like Julius Peppers, Chris Jenkins, mm. Brinson Buckner, Mike Rucker, Dan Buck. Morgan, Mike Minter. So yeah, th- that I vividly remember that 2003 Super Bowl run, and then it just hasn't hit the same since. So no. I, I think you like reach your peak, and then it starts to fade slowly after that. That's fair. Hayden, what about you? Yeah, I'm better than that. I don't, I don't have a favorite team. I, I'm not going to be that myself. Yeah. So, so uh, whoever I draft for my fantasy team, that'll, that'll be it. Like you've never had a favorite? Like just never? I, I mean, I worked for the Chargers a couple years back, so I kind of okay. vibe with them, especially now that they're getting kind of good again. But like you can't like go all in on the Chargers. I mean, right? No. that's a disaster. So no. yeah, better uh, than that. Yeah, that would be a bad, uh, a bad choice. Yeah. Some would say. I, I feel like I got a couple quick, like just for – some of the top teams, like Jaguars picking number one, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. But I feel like like there's been, once that was decided, there's really been like nothing else. Like, I don't know his strengths. Weak, like, I watched Trevor Lawrence. He's, <laughs> he's great. He's going to be great. But I don't know his strengths. I don't know his weaknesses. But I'd like to ask each of you, Hayden, I'll ask you first. What do you think it would take if a team wanted to move up to number one, like Ricky Williams style? <laughs> oh, I mean, like every first round pick ever. I mean, he already has a playbook. The The Jaguars fans are already sending him money like for like, what was like a charity event, Josh? Did you see this? It was his wedding. Yeah. It was his wedding. Yeah, they already got a, a charity event. Or yeah. registry. Yeah, it was wedding. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just not going to happen. He's going to be the pick. Okay. All right. Josh, you think it's any way? No. Like, I look how much it took the 49ers to get up to number three. I mean, it took two future first rounders, a future mid round pick. Um, I understand what you're saying, though, just about we all hear like how legendary and mythical Trevor Lawrence is, but mm-hmm. it the conversation just kind of stops there because you know we talk about number three, we talk about number four, we talk about Justin Fields and Trey Lance and, and Mac Jones, um, but I, I think that speaks to just how good Trevor Lawrence is, and like mm-hmm. even those, you know maybe controversial 
words that he said, which to me weren't controversial at all. He's just a human being. Like, think of, I don't know, if like Cam Newton said that, you know, yeah. 10 if years Justin ago. Justin Fields said it, yeah. Right, if Justin Fields said it, like how, how it, in any other year that maybe didn't have five quarterbacks, it would have got twisted and turned into a story. But because there are just three more, four more we can just talk about immediately, uh, right. Trevor Lawrence can can do no good or do no wrong kind of in this scenario because he's locked into number one. Okay. Hypothetically, what if the Lions, who are at seven, if they called yep. and said, take seven, take both the Rams picks, take both of our own picks to jump up those six spots? Did the Jack, like, they say no, but how long do they think about it? Like five future picks. If you, still, <laughs> you could go down to seven, then go right back up to two. Like, in, yeah. Yeah. Or is it I, just I mean, no I, way? I, I would love it for chaos. I think Hayden and I, while we love to try to predict these things, while um, we we love figuring out the fits already and and projecting, you know, Trevor Lawrence with Marvin Jones and DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault and all these players, uh, I would just love it from a storyline standpoint. I mean, when was the last – I mean, we have seen, you know, teams move up to number one recently. It was obviously Jared Goff. Um, mm. That was just a few years ago. But – uh, it's gotten to a point now where I think Trevor Lawrence is and and correct me if I'm wrong, Hayden is on like the same plane as as Andrew Luck, and yeah. this is kind of one of those franchise turning moments. That how often can the Jaguars say they're going to be in this situation ever again? And they kind of lucked into it with you know the Jets winning a game late in the season for absolutely no reason for for the you Jets, to be baby. able to get <laughs> yeah. I- like I, I remember I read an article and it talked about like over the past 10 years, the first quarterback draft or first quarterback drafted rarely ends up leading his draft and like value added. Like it's normally somebody down the line. Like, do you think there's a chance of that or Trevor Lawrence is just head and shoulders above? Like he can elevate that. Like Jackson, not, they're not like Bengals bad. Like they're, they're just regular bad, right? Like they got the number one pick, but they're like, they've made a couple conference championships. So is he, like, is he that level of prospect you, you think, Hayden? I mean, I, I have Justin Fields pretty damn close to Trevor Lawrence. I think that they're in a very similar tier. I, I think Justin Fields is phenomenal. So if, if you're asking me which quarterback could be better than Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be Justin Fields. And the, the one thing with Josh and I keep talking about is we have no idea where he's going to go. It sounds like he's going <laughs> to drop far, like which is absurd to me. I don't know how you can look at him and watch him and not draft him that high, but it sounds like, I mean, Josh, like, pick 15 overall, like 17 overall, 18 overall. Like I think he's going to drop far. I mean, the crazy thing, Tyler, is that the 49ers obviously moved up from number 12 up to number three. And if we can believe whatever Kyle Shanahan's saying in his press conference on People Monday. People are going to die one day. Bro, yes. <laughs> that's a fact. Um, <laughs> but he said now, oh, I like five quarterbacks as, as our starter. Okay. Hmm. Maybe, theoretically, you could have sat at number 12. And, right. and gotten Justin Fields at that point. Now, I understand it. He doesn't truly mean I like all these five quarterbacks equally. There's obviously one he likes the most. But if we're just taking him for his word on a piece of paper, then it, it it's so difficult to figure out where Justin Fields is going to land. And I understand that they were, you know, the devil of the NFL, it felt like, in fan base for a very long time. But mm. I silently would love for Justin Fields to land in New England with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and to like start their whole wave of winning all over again, because one of the underlying storylines of 
last offseason, this offseason, maybe next year's, is like what Bill is going to do when he identifies like that one quarterback that he wants. Because they are the only franchise that hasn't had to do that in, you know, two decades. And so what happens when that fan base, how they react to it and how Bill reacts to it as well? Well, I saw a mock. I think it was Chris Sims mock today that had Fields going 32nd yeah. to the Buccaneers. And it, I mean, I, I'm sure like at, at this point, everybody's trying to get clicks, of course. But like, is there a chance that he really falls that far? I mean, we've said like Lamar was the last quarterback taken in his draft. We, that was with five quarterbacks in the first round. Right. So it's not unprecedented, but. Like serious? Like, is this going to happen again? Not to say, not to compare them as prospects, but well, look, I, I understand they're different years, but if mm-hmm. Justin Fields goes later than where Jordan Love went last offseason, then something is seriously screwed up about the draft process. He went what twentieth, like early twenties, twenty four, something like that. Yeah, mid twenties. Okay. Can you guys yeah. just explain to me why he's going to fall? If like Peyton, <laughs> you have him as the Great second question, best Jim. prospect, yeah. like. I mean, how, how, I'm on we, some draft guides, some mock drafts. They're like, this is the second best guy in the league. It's like, oh, he's going to be picked 15th. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Hayden, go ahead. You give well, it a shot. I mean, how long do we got here? I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors going in here. I mean, the biggest thing, and I don't agree with this, is they say that he holds onto the ball too quick. And I think there's some reasons for that. Like he, the, the way that Ohio State's offense is set up, they, they allow their receivers to like run halfway down the field and then, then have an option route. They can break in, break out. So he has to hold onto the ball. He also knows he's a better athlete than anyone else in the pocket. So he can afford to kind of wait around there. But I think teams, like especially the 49ers, I don't think that Justin Fields was ever in their conversation because they want somebody to just get the ball out quick. And that's not Justin Fields' game. But what's so bizarre to me is this was the exact same scouting report for Deshaun Watson, and Mm -hmm. he was holding on to the ball too quick. And then he learned just to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker two years into his NFL career, and then all of a sudden he's a perennial perennial MVP candidate. So – it makes no sense to me. He, he runs a 4-4. He has a massive arm. I think he makes great decisions. Um, so, I mean, you just got to kind of get over, like, holding the ball on. So, I, I don't know if there's something else that we don't know about um, behind the scenes or something. That's, like, the only thing I can think of because when, when you watch him, it's, like, very clear he's, like, the best player on the field every single game. Yeah, I mean, he, he's absolutely electric. And there was this early narrative which immediately got busted of, well, he doesn't get to his second read or his third read. Well, then you see him hit, like, a 35-yard vertical route on his third progression on the opposite side of the field. I mean, he, and then you add on like the four, four, five speed, that she showed off uh, frequently to, to pick up yards with his feet. It's one of those things, Tyler, that like, when we look at the quarterback position now, it felt like to me for decades, the Mm -hmm. NFL searched for like the tall white statues in the pocket because mm-hmm. that's what like Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning, worked, yeah. right? Like they did that so well. So everyone was trying to like copy that exactly. And part of me hoped that, you know, in these last five to seven years, when you see such an imperfect prospect like Josh Allen be taken at seven overall and then hook up with a great offensive coordinator who understands his strengths and allow allows him to keep his foot on the pedal um, to to make plays and even make mistakes, it's okay because you're going to make a big play after that. Right. To me, I thought that who wouldn't love Justin Fields in that same dynamic, even if you like really had strong concerns about parts of his game. Right. But for some reason, I mean, if if, if I could make a, a prop bet right now, a wager on that, it would absolutely be Justin Fields as the fifth quarterback taken of this group, which is shocking. 
because he and Trevor yeah. Lawrence have been battling for half a decade, like getting high, back to high school, high school days. Yeah. yeah. That's the wild part because I, like I've heard the same thing Hayden said, and I've heard it's like, well, he holds on to the ball too long, but he also only goes to his first read. And it's like, well, like which yeah, pick one, yeah, which, yeah, one which, which side? <laughs> like I could see. It's not to say he's a perfect prospect, but it just feels like it's like, well, uh, uh, he transferred. Uh, he's not that. T- I just feels like they're looking for things yeah. instead of, I don't know, I guess looking seeing what's there. Well, here's the other part is. I mean, one, I'm just looking back historically at the quarterbacks right now. I mean, in freaking 2018, Baker Mayfield went first overall. And and Baker Mayfield, not to criticize the guy, because he's been decent in the NFL, but he has, mm-hmm. you know, walk-on athleticism. Like, he he has walk-on tell physical you about tools. It. Yeah, he does. And then Sam Darnold, we obviously know what has happened with him after going third overall. But to Sam Darnold's point, like, these quarterbacks are kind of like currency in the NFL in the moment. And even if you suck so bad, like Sam Darnold right now, you're still going to be able to recoup a second round pick for your team within within three seasons. And the only one that, that hasn't chaos. yeah, the, the only one that hasn't worked out for is obviously, well, two, Josh Rosen. Well, even they recouped a second round pick for him. Yeah. And then and then Dwayne Haskins, who the bottom fell out because that Washington system is just the organization so bad. But to me, that's interesting that even if you don't like if you aren't in love with Justin Fields, even though I think Hayden and I are and so many people are, that you're willing to trade up to number three for him. Like if you're the Patriots there at 15 or, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers there at, at 24, right? Like yeah. even if it doesn't work out in one to two years, if he shows even glimpses, like moments, highlights of good enough play, then you mm-hmm. can recoup a second round pick for him. And it's not that big of a deal in a couple of years. That like that's chaos to me. It's like you pick somebody and I think like Sam Darnold definitely had like he played under Adam Gates. He didn't stand a chance. But to know that he was bad and still get a second round pick, to know that Rosen did not have a good first year. But like, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. That's just wild to me. You can be bad and still be <laughs> currency. And I saw yeah, trash to treasure. Today. Yeah, I saw an article today. You can be good. Uh, somebody was arguing that the the Ravens should just let Lamar Jackson go. Did you all see that? Yeah. What the hell is that all? Did about? you see? That? Yeah. What the hell is that all about? It was say the the pre- let me explain it for you, Josh. You're, you're shaking your head there. It said the premise was. Like in college, you get four years of a quarterback, and then they graduate, right? Are you, are you mm-hmm. with me? The Ravens take four years of Lamar Jackson and just let him graduate and walk are away. Are quarterbacks running backs now? What is going on here? I, I was like, this is comfortably the worst take I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it was like it was like they should draft Justin Fields, let Lamar go. It's like, hey, they see what happened with Joe Flacco. They paid him, and he wasn't good. You see what happened with Jared Goff. I was like, I – Maybe I missed the years those guys won MVP. Right. Um, I, it just doesn't feel apples to apples, but apparently it is. Lamar Jackson's bad. You heard it here first. That was I mean, crazy. You're, you're <laughs> looking at two people who absolutely love Lamar Jackson. While he does like have an imperfect game, mm-hmm. he is someone just a couple years ago, like you mentioned, won MVP, changed the way a lot of people, I think, view the, the quarterback position, and he doesn't. He doesn't get enough credit for winning inside of structure and inside the pocket of the offense because they people just view these quarterbacks who can move as running quarterbacks when right. really it's like pocket passers plus where first mm. they win because that's what works series to series game to game is inside of the structure of what Greg Roman brings. And then when that breaks down or in these designated runs, he's electric and just takes like he adds an extra layer 
of what Greg Roman can't do, what the team can't plan for. And to me, that's Tyler, the root of this conversation at number three, too, with Mac Jones or Trey Lance or, and I guess it's not Justin Fields, but how Kyle seems to just want the player that fits his system perfectly as an extension of a head coach on the field rather than someone that, hey, even when young Shanahan doesn't do it perfectly, this guy is going to compensate for me. But it's it's just, you know, what what all these coaches like because it got them to this point, you know? I guess that's the thing I don't get. Like Shanahan, he's – I mean, he's held as a genius, great offensive mind. There's no doubt about that. But if I'm the – if I'm the genius one, don't I want the guy with the most tools, not the least? Like, don't I want the fastest guy with the biggest? Like, and two, if I'm the genius, can I make any? Like, shouldn't it, I would trade down? We'll get, we'll take Kyle Trask whenever. I'm the genius. I'll, I'll, I'll work to his strengths and weaknesses. But instead, I was going to ask about the Jets, but I, I don't really care to be honest. Like, do you have anything to say about the Jets? Like, <laughs> no. Is Kyle no. like what? What's Kyle Wilson's game? I guess like what. Because I, I don't know what he does well. That was well, another one. Once it was decided, I haven't heard yeah, strengths, weaknesses, it's, anything. It's the thing that even his name is Zach Wilson. So we, we can <laughs> he say. Looks like a uh, he looks like a He Kyle. got that face. He got yeah, that he face. Does. He, does. He, does have that Disney, he does have that Disney movie channel face, doesn't he, Tyler? Yeah, it's punchable. But he seemed like a good guy. <laughs> he also orders like a, he, he works at the Disney channel. Did you see his Chipotle bowl? I mean, it was awful. It was like white rice and just like chicken and like, I think, lettuce. Andre. That was about it. Um, the, the thing with Zach Wilson is he's getting these Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers type comparisons and like, okay, we've been searching for those types for two decades. And so now we're just going to have in the span of five years, another Patrick Mahomes enter the league. And I think a lot of that is based on how he throws off platform and how he makes these plays off structure. But then Tyler, when you look at BYU and I'm not saying the talent level, like in a vacuum, which is a term that we just overuse, but in a vacuum, uh, is better at BYU than it is at Clemson. That's not the case because obviously Clemson is just getting four and five star guys all the time. But when you compare it to, I don't know, UTSA and and Houston right. and Coastal Carolina and all that stuff, BYU's offense was absolutely dominant. And so you hear about throwing lanes. Zach mm. Wilson had throwing highways just to throw to his wide receivers, <laughs> and they would just go up and win over these, you know, guys that are going to be local high school coaches in a few years, right? So that's so different than what Trevor Lawrence was doing at Clemson versus what Zach Wilson's. I'm not going to say he's going to fail, but mm. having him that close to Trevor Lawrence, which I think a lot of the league does, to me is a, a bit crazy, a bit loony. Yeah, I got I got his uh, game log right here. Do you want to listen to the opponents yeah. he played this year? <laughs> Hit me. We got Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, Texas San Antonio, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, Boise State, North Alabama, Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, and then Central Florida. I mean, yeah. come Murderers on. Row. Yeah. Come on. So every like I haven't seen any video, but every single picture I've seen of Kyle Wilson, it they're just showing off how big the pocket he has. Like he there you there are no like defenders in his picture. He has like the best offensive line in the world, maybe. Yep. From what yeah. I, just from what I've seen. Yep. So I'm sure the Jets can, you know, recreate that. They're known for <laughs> Like Makai Beckton aside, I feel like they can definitely recreate that. Yeah. Sure. And they, they have tried to get some wide receivers who, you know, win in similar ways to the BYU guys and, and uh, Corey Davis and Denzel Mims who can go up and get it. But there, there's some legit like, – I get excited for preseason games, Tyler. I'm, I'm that level of crazy. 
Uh, and so I'm even excited to watch Zach Wilson as we go on and watch him in those preseason games in August. So why are they Jets drafting him over Justin Fields? <laughs> it makes no sense, man. It makes no yeah, I sense. I can't believe it. It makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's only had one year. He's coming off a crazy surgery. That's wild. I don't get it. Did you hear those opponents, Jam? I know you don't follow college football, but I know you know some of those names. UTSA, Western Kentucky. They Name the mascots, Jam. Name the mascots of those teams. I have no idea. <laughs> we got the Roadrunners. I know that. The, yeah, other, the other thing about Zach Wilson is all of his teammates are like 20, 25, 26, and they're playing against like 19-year-olds mm. too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like – nothing nothing about what he did last year seems totally translatable for me like he obviously he can really throw the ball mm. and he can move around a little bit but man i mean you have to do a lot of projection and like you watch justin fields do that against clemson like with broken ribs six touchdowns throwing the ball 50 yards down the field like i this makes no sense to me i, I wanted to rank uh kyle wilson i'm gonna start calling him kyle wilson i'm gonna start ranking <laughs> He'll kyle always be wilson. Kyle to me. yeah I, I might i might roll with that too i wanted to put him as my quarterback five um really and yeah and i just keep going back with with trey lance and um zach wilson because they played like the same strength of schedule i mean it was about the same and i can see the way like trey lance is like so so much more gifted than kyle wilson is so yeah to your point about the one year i understand counting stats or counting stats in 2020 he did have 32 touchdowns and three interceptions and over 3600 yards then 2019 and 2018 when he was also a starter he had 11 touchdowns and nine interceptions and 12 touchdowns and three interceptions. So it was like this tremendous one so year job. Yeah. And so like, once again, we get, well, except not being recruited by Ohio state and LSU and instead it's BYU. <laughs> um, but it, it goes back to the point and look, maybe we're just wrong on Justin Fields. And that has happened during this draft. Like we don't get to talk to him. We don't get to put him off on the board. We don't get to do any of that, but you go back to Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, once again, have been competing with each other, dating back to their high school days and then Justin Fields did nothing wrong on the field over these last three or four years, and yet he's just leapfrogged by three or four players at his position right now. I, which leads to number three. Mac Jones is not really going to go number three, is he? Like, That's tell Hayden. me Mac Jones is, is really not. Hayden, tell me this is not true. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's – it's wild. I mean, another. I mean, Mac Jones was he was a three star recruit too. So it, it it's not like he was some five star prospect that Nick he Saban committed to my Kentucky Wildcats. So that's I'll, right. I'll, yeah. And so I, I don't I don't know why Justin Fields is falling. It makes it makes no sense to me. I think Mac Jones could actually play a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Most people don't don't think that's the case. I actually do think that he can play and he'll be in the league for a long time. But his upside compared to Justin Fields makes it just makes no sense. Even Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance ran the same exact offense that Kyle Shanahan ran uh, in 2019. So I can see why that would work. And I mean, we've seen what Trey Lance could do. I mean, he trucks everybody. He just, I mean, he was recruited to be a linebacker at Minnesota. That was his, like his power five. Offers. I didn't know. I like that. I like that in my quarterback. Yeah. And go. then he, he said he didn't want to play linebacker. He wanted to bet on him, bet on himself and still play quarterback. So then he went to the uh, FCS school and, that dominated. So uh, Trey Lance also, his scouting report is like one of the biggest things. Like he's like the smartest quarterback in this class. At and 21 he's super years young. old. He's super young. Yeah. So, I mean, I, he's, a, he's another person that could be said. I think they do, but I think that uh, reporters are, are now smart enough to not leak those out. So, I mean, that's another mm-hmm. whole thing. That's just bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, the answer is obvious. Trey Lance from North Dakota State, that's a winner's name. 
Like that's just someone you get behind. He was a, li- a linebacker and just bet on himself. I, I like that part too, Jim. Mm-hmm. And North Dakota State's a much cooler school than BYU. This guy rocks. Like I think if you're going on vibes alone, you go Trey Lance. To your oh, yeah. point, Jam, North Dakota State has kind of been a, a quarterback factory over the last few years. Uh, Carson Wentz, then you had Easton Stick, who was a fifth-round pick a couple mm. of years ago, and now you're about to have Trey Lance. I mean, that's three quarterbacks, what, in the last five years uh, in the NFL? Like, Alabama can't really say that other than Tua and now Mac Jones. Like, you know, so, so many of there. these big-time programs that get all these five-star recruits, NDSU is doing some cool things up there. That's what I think is so funny. It's like, hey, Justin Fields, can you trust an Ohio State quarterback? It's like, listen, I loved Tua last year, but can you trust an Alabama? Like, we're playing that card. So I I feel like that one's kind of been – I think I can't believe it. Jam can't believe it. But Mac Jones is definitely going three, it would appear. So so. who who are the Falcons leaning at four, Hayden? Who do you think they're – uh, Josh and I discussed this. We think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. It could be it could be Trey Lance. It could be Justin Fields. I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. I, I think they're the Arthur Smith probably took the job and probably told ownership, I want to win with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones instead of trying I'm, to rebuild. Yeah, you, <laughs> you want the reset? I think Absolutely. I would I think I would draft Trey Lance, trade Julio if you can next year, let Matt Ryan go and just like go on the full full blown reset. But I, I'm guessing Arthur Smith didn't want to like be two years in the job. Matt Ryan stinks all of a sudden. And then like now he's on the hot seat because he didn't turn this thing around. So yeah. maybe, maybe he just wants to go Kyle Pitts. Josh, what do you think? Yeah. Tyler, not to nerd out on you too much. No, um, please. But, but Arthur Smith with the Tennessee Titans last year ran the mo- most multiple tight end sets in the league. Uh, and while that was with, you know, Johnu Smith and, and Anthony Ferkser and, you know, some other random names uh, beyond Johnu. Just imagine that with Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones with Matt Ryan throwing the football. They still have offensive line questions, but the Mike Davis in the backfield is very capable. It, 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 does, make, it does make a lot of sense. Um, the only thing is, Tyler, we have seen people love tight ends and certain prospects over the last few years. O.J. Howard is a name you remember. T.J. Hawkinson is a name you remember. We can keep going further and further back to like Brandon Pettigrew and uh, I mean, Eric Ebron, Eric Ebron. Yep. Jermaine and Gresham. So often with these tight ends, it's either on their second team or their second contract. They hit their stride. Like that's when they really Vernon Davis was like that. Greg Olson was like that. Delaney Walker was like that. I can keep going on Jared Cook, so on and so forth. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think Kyle Pitts is a different player. Like he, he is a unicorn of that position who lined up against corners and safeties. And this is a narrative that's spun every single year, but it's true. I, say, I feel like every tight end can. Baseball I know, yeah. but, but he, he, he won contested against those guys and just played bigger. And then he was just too fast for the guy smaller than him. So uh, I would love it. It'd be electric with that, you know, trio of pass catchers plus Mike Davis in the backfield. So I'm, I'm silently rooting for it, but it, it is a crossroads moment for them because they could absolutely reset with the quarterback as well. Well, here's, I'll lay my theory on you, and I'll ask you what you guys think. I would not take a tight end in the first round if you're not going to build your offense around him. That's my whole – like, Kyle Pitts, he's he's sick. I watched him kill Kentucky many times. He's (laughs) Like, he's great. He's going to be great. But if you're drafting him to the Falcons to, oh, we want to just open up the field for Julio and Calvin Ridley, that's not why the Falcons stink. That's not why you're picking fourth, the the open – the middle of the field not being open. So if you're not going to take Kyle Pitts and throw him – like 
10 targets a game that I could see, but I feel like it'll, Oh no, he'll catch 52 passes. He, they always say he's a solid enough blocker. They're never solid enough, which is fine. <laughs> right. He's the, like you're the unicorn. You're not supposed to block, but I, it would just feel like a very Falconsy pick and that's nothing against Kyle Pitts. I think he's like, he's going to be fine. It's not about him. Yeah. What Ben Fennell termed it on the underdog football show a guess that we had was a tight end. All you have to do is lose slowly as a blocker, you know? Mm. And I, I think that's a really good description for it, but I'm with you. Like Tyler, if I ever run a football team, which is not going to happen because I spend all my time arguing with people online, uh, it's, I would either get a tight end that disappointed someone else that they drafted in the first or second round, three or four years later, or spend draft picks on super athletic players in rounds three or rounds four or later at the position. Um, again, Kyle Pitts is probably different and breaks that mold, but that's just has worked in the NFL because you can either get a Greg Olson and trade, you know, a decent draft pick for him, or you can get a George Kittle later on or John U. Smith later on, Kelsey. so on and so forth. Travis Kelsey later on, so on and so forth. It was something Hayden mentioned earlier. Like I, I get trading Julio because I, I think they should blow it up. I just like, what's the, what's his trade value now? Like over third, like he's, I mean, great player when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy. He's over 30. Like what? I don't, I just don't know what realistically you could get for Julio. Yeah, I mean, his, his contract is massive. So it's it, ridiculous. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be that much. If I was running the team, just draft Trey Lance, let him sit, let Julio and Matt Ryan have a, one or two more years, just see what they can do. And then just drop in Trey Lance. And like, that's when your reset is. And everyone knows that you're just resetting, but keep Julio. I mean, I don't like tr- trading away like franchise altering players. Like, just let him yeah. let him write, write out his contract. I mean, he means so much to the city and the team and everything. I just I just think it's a bad taste. The issue, Tyler, is with Julio, you can't trade him this weekend because of how his contract is outlined. He has to be a post June first trade because then he uh, saves the team fifteen million dollars. And this weekend, they actually lose two million dollars if they do trade him this weekend. I mean, the Falcons are in like everyone says that the caps is a myth. It's not for the Falcons this year because they were just projecting it to be larger. I mean, I think they have $950,000 in cap space right now. Like, they can't even sign their rookie class at the moment. And so, they don't have – they have only have, like, 48 players signed under right. contract right now. They don't even have enough players to, like, fill out their entire roster. I mean, and they're, it's a and bad spot. they're not good. And they, they have nobody <laughs> on defense. Yeah. yeah God. That's the part I don't – like, the Chiefs had, like, $44 and just rebuilt their whole offensive line. <laughs> yeah. But the Falcons have – like, only the Falcons. And this is why, again, God bless Kyle Pitts. It's not – like, if he goes to the Falcons, it'll be one of those, man – Bill Belichick just traded a third round pick for Kyle Pitts in 2024. <laughs> like, watch him run off four straight all pro teams. <laughs> Moving on to my my former Bengals. I feel like the talk here is basically like why right pass catcher, I guess I mm-hmm. should say, or offensive line. Like which which side of that do you fall on? I'll start with you, Josh. I think it should be offensive line. I think it will be wide receiver. So I think it will be Jamar Chase. Um, look, Zach Taylor has coached for two seasons now. He has six wins on his resume, and I can't even tell you who Zach Taylor is. Like, I, I don't know what he does. He's quarterback for BYU. Level. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just combine the two. Yeah. Um, look, he's someone that they do throw the football a lot, and that's great. We like that in terms of pace. We like that in terms of neutral pass rates. But – the one area where the Bengals really struggled last year, and it might be because Joe Burrow might not have as strong of an arm as we anticipated, was these downfield throws. And while they threw them, 
I think at about a league average rate, they were among the worst in the league in terms of completing 15 plus yard throws. So that's where Jamar Chase would come in handy along with T Higgins and then Tyler Boyd operating in the slot. But it, it, it would be a tough sell, Tyler, because how did Joe Burrow get injured last year by getting absolutely demolished by Washington's defensive line over and over and over in that game? And now you have a chance to get someone like Panay Sewell, who's a freak, and shore up at least one spot along that offensive line. But it doesn't seem like they're going to do it. Tyler, if you're running the team and you just drafted Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow said, I want Jamar Chase, and you were like leaning Penny Sewell or another alignment, like what what would you do? Like how, how much faith do you put in your quarterback and like what, just do whatever he wants? That's a tough one because it is like you want to – like you got to garner that goodwill, but also we've got multiple franchise tags to use, so you're not really going anywhere – soon joe so i'd like i know they signed uh a tackle from the vikings riley reef yeah so like between he and jonah can either one of those guys play guard like credibly well the vikings wanted to move riley reef to guard uh prior to last season he said no and they couldn't do anything with his contract and so i think he signed with the Bengals because he wants to play tackle so i think that's one of those like dot connecting hints that we can get to that like mm-hmm. those year two tackles and then that's why they're probably going to skip on that but he's just on a one-year deal and we know jonah williams doesn't really stay in the field either so yeah that because that would be my like i if i thought either one of those guys could credibly play guard i'd still go so i'd go Sewell either way and i love like yeah. chase might be my favorite player in the draft like i'm nice i'm all in on him but it's just for what they need like the i know you saw the picture of burrow sitting on the the throne with that enormous scar on his knee it's like how yeah. do you not how do you go away from tackle after that? But it's the Bengals like that. That they've that's only out. been drafting wide receivers. Like they rarely draft linemen this early. I mean, just historically, right. they just mm. pound wide receivers. So I'm with Josh. I think it's going to be Jamar Chase, just because. I mean, they, their two best linemen are the tackles right now. So yeah. unless you put Sewell in at uh, at guard for year one, which is possible, like he could I was going to say, could he, I hear he's like an athletic free. Is that could that yeah, be done I mean, he's for one year and then bump him to tackle? Yeah, he's massive. He's like 330 pounds. So he would kick ass at guard too. Um, so uh, th- they can go either way. I think it'll be Chase though. And I think Burrow is telling them that that he wants Jamar Chase. Tyler, I talked about my glory days with the Panthers. Are yours the TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson, Rudy Johnson years with the Bengals? Yeah, those are literally the only glory days. Uh, <laughs> like the Nine all, seven. I, you can't even call it glory because literally the first time we made the playoffs in forever. Carson Palmer gets hurt on the first play, throwing to Chris Henry, who's now dead. Like, that's just that's just the Bengals. Like, that's just how this goes. Those are the glory days. And making the playoffs to get smoked in the first round with Andy Dalton, those were sick. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the glory days indeed. Uh, what, 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 what would you be telling Bears fans right now with Andy Dalton? Like, what, what, what should they be expecting? <laughs> get out now, man. <laughs> I don't know where this came from that – it went on for years. It's like, oh, you know, if you just – I feel like we heard it for the Cowboys. It wasn't from smart people. They were like, listen, they could let Dak leave and just let Andy Dalton. They got enough around him. It's like, I've seen Andy Dalton with enough around him. He's fine. <laughs> he was fine. And, that, and, again, this was five, six, seven years ago. I I would not sign Andy Dalton and tell him, like, yeah, you're our, start, you're our starter, Andy. That just feels like a not smart move, especially when <laughs> maybe Kyle Fields just falls – like now, you never know how the draft is going to shake out. He's just there for the Bears. Do they have a? No, they've got a pick. They've got a first round they pick, do. don't they? They do. Um, the, what's interesting about the Bears situation is, you know, they draft Mitch. Obviously, they stick by Mitch. 
last offseason, they're like, okay, how to fix this? We're going to go get Nick Foles uh, and then trade a draft pick to go get Nick Foles. When Andy Dalton is just out there for anyone to sign, he signs a backup level contract with the Cowboys, and then Nick Foles falls on his face. So does Mitch Trubisky, who's now a backup. And then Ryan Pace is like, okay, to fix our quarterback position, now we're going to give even more money to Andy Dalton a year later, which we could have had for even cheaper money last year. Like He's such a reactive person rather than being ahead of the game that it's shocking he still has a job after all the major decisions he's made over the last few years. Did he won the executive of the year like three years ago? We need <laughs> no, to investigate that. Come I on. 100% think us three could get a team in the playoffs within like four seasons. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not, oh, I'm yeah. not even kidding. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I feel like I said that. La- I mean, like, many people said it last year. It was like Nick, Fol- like, giving up a, what was it, a fourth? Like, a decent yeah. pick for him, a third or fourth for him. Yeah. And it's like, I- and then you gave Andy Dalton like 10, 12 million dollars, and people are like, hey, that's just starter money. It's like, he's not good. starter money is whatever the starter make he's not good but i wish him well he seemed like a nice guy now i'm starting to think look underdog maybe in year five we'll have enough money to buy an nfl franchise like look the three of us we can get together jam can be in there too like it's 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 something where we we get to pick our coach pick our quarterback build a roster i think i think we can work yeah we can at least do Jeff Fisher levels of, of competency, I think. Uh, we can go a smooth, I guess it's eight and nine now. Eight, right. eight and one yeah. uh, would, <laughs> would be the Jeff Fisher. I'm trying, like, a Dolphin, who do the Dolphins go with? And then we'll jump around. We'll see. But what Dolphins there, would they go, who's it, Devontae Smith? Would they go Sewell? Yeah, it's the Dolphins are in an interesting spot because they were at number three, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then they traded back to 12 with the 49ers. Then they had this mission to get back up into the top six. So that's something we need to keep in mind. Like, why would they want to get from 12 to six? And to me, it's because they knew at least three quarterbacks were going to go at the top and then three playmakers could be there at number six. So some form of Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and I would say the third one would be Jalen Waddell, the other wide receiver Mm. out of Alabama. And maybe this is giving too much credit for Tua and for them building around Tua, but Devontae Parker and Will Fuller are both outside wide receivers. You then have Jalen Waddle operating over the middle of the field with a new play caller and then have Mike Kosicki at tight end who basically operate as the slot wide receiver. So to me, that makes the most sense. Yeah, they're like one of the fastest teams in the, in the league immediately. And yeah. I, I think Tua might end up being kind of just like a more distributor and just kind of needs the pieces around him to fully succeed. Because he he's another one of those guys where he, he doesn't have a rocket arm He's not like so athletic that he can make plays on his own. I think that he's a decent decision maker and he's really accurate. Um, so he, I think he needs some playmakers. I think they have they have two picks in the first round, and then what, Josh? They have like two more picks in the second round too. Yep. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna get him some help this year, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jalen Waddle. Okay. Are you guys Waddle or, or Devontae Smith? Like I know Devontae. I know he weighs 137 pounds, but. But it's not like Jalen Waddle is that much heavier. He's like one one eighty one eighty five. Yeah. So. I think it's just two different players, not to have a cop out here, but where Jalen Waddle did so well was those one to five yard receptions and just be electric after the catch. Mm-hmm. Like just the way he moves, it's it's incredible. Um, and then also out of the slot, like once the safety or corner bites on that short route, then he mm-hmm. just burns you over the top. And he did that all the time at Alabama. And then Devontae Smith, while everyone's talking about his weight at 166, 170, he played big. He played long. And they were, rarely was he out-muscled by bigger corners. 
Um, but it certainly seems like he's going to be the third wide receiver selected somewhere in the teens rather than in this top 10 position. Really? So who are the Lions thinking? Because I thought they I figured they would go with whoever failed. But even before that, what do you think they could get for Jared Goff? If they just put Jared Goff on the market, what do you think they could get? <laughs> the, the, the issue with this, Tyler, and sorry to cut you off, Hayden, the issue with this is the GM that they just hired, Brad Holmes, came from the Rams. And so to me, that was a major part of picking the Matthew Stafford trade to the Rams other than Matthew wanting to go there is because they could get Jared Goff back. Because I know the Pan- the Panthers offer the number eight overall selection to get Matthew Stafford, and they turned that down, which is wild when you think about the, the package that they took because that one came with Teddy, and this was with Jared Goff. Hayden knows this. We've been podcasting for years together. Um, I have been anti-Jared Goff since the instant he entered the NFL. I mean, there has never been a faker, quote-unquote, good quarterback in the league over the last five years than Jared Goff. And as soon as he leaves – Sean McVay and that perfect ideal situation to succeed, he's going to get run over and look bad. Um, now, the Lions do have a pretty good offensive line, so maybe he does have a good pocket. But I, I am terrified of what Jared Goff is going to look like with maybe the worst roster in the NFL, not in the Houston Texans. Jam I mean, is we- not in on Jared Goff. Yeah, no, just let let the hatred flow. I like that. That's what <laughs> it, uh, the draft is all about. You've been out on golf since day one. Day one. I, I want to know who in this draft you hate. Who's just a prospect? <laughs> who, who do you want to die? We need to know. <laughs> well, you know, you can't. Who's on the Jimmy predict, G list? You can't predict who's going to die, but uh, yeah. who's the one who's just like, man, this guy stinks. You know what? <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to start a feud here. Mel Kuyper freaking sucks. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it, The draft process is so weird that like even when you say you like someone because you it wasn't a player that other people love, that means you're down on them necessarily. Um, I will tell you, Jam, I think the running back class sucks this year. Like there is there's this view that you can find a running back anywhere. Not if you're looking at the 2021 NFL draft because there, there aren't going to be that many, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders that go in and lead their team in rushing yards this year. So what that might do is propel the likes of Travis Etienne and and Najee Harris up the board because after that, there's a pretty significant jump down in the NFL's eyes. Yeah, this this running back class is bad. The edge rusher class is bad. The defensive tackle class is awful. So, I mean, all you can like cancel like all three of those positions and I'll, I'll throw in safety too. I mean, this is – all the teams picking the back half of round one are – probably panicking right now like most teams have like 15 uh, first round grades and then the rest of them is like there's so many injuries and like we had like very inconsistent testing i mean there's gonna be a lot of bad picks this draft a a lot of them and one more point kaylin kaler who writes um i think for the decoder now i think um she pointed out that typically in drafts because of all these players who graduate and you know from big schools to small schools there's around an 1800 prospect player pool this year. It's about 600 deep because so many players just got a free year to go back to college. So uh, you're going to see a lot of teams want to get 2022 draft picks, but every team wants 2022 draft picks. So uh, all of them will have to be selected at some point in this year's class. I've never heard. I've never heard of a draft class like in the NFL being bad. Like that seems like such an NBA thing. Like you just always imagine it's like, oh, no, there's no bad draft classes. This is football. Like so that's just wild to me. The bottom half of the draft is just a crapshoot. 
And so people are going to be like, no, that, the Steelers got a C minus grade on that crap shoot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the, the big issues is is they don't know. I mean, usually they get their like medical information back in February at the combine, but no combine this year. They just only sent 150 players. So that's already like only half the draft. And they only got their medical rechecks like this month. So these teams were like all of a sudden has like uh, this guy has a knee injury and he was on their list. Well, they only have like a week or two to figure out if that knee problem is actually a big deal. And they can't bring them in because there's like all the restrictions. So, I mean, there are going to be teams that are just like crossing off players that like might have been good and trying to play it safe. And like all of a sudden, like these like safe prospects were the guys that like typically go round two, round three. And like all of a sudden they're going to be like the 25th pick overall. So it is just like a wild, wild season. And I think every single team knows that. And like they want like to trade 2021 picks for 2022 picks. I mean, it's, it is a like total crapshoot. Okay. So what, what is this draft deep on? You name like nine positions. It's weak. Like is, is is this a good kicker class? Like a good fullback? Like what? Well, it's nice that there are five quarterbacks at the top that can drive the discussion for months, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that has really helped this. Uh, and I know it's the most fun position to talk about, but offensive line is a lot of fun. Uh, the, the difference there is people view a lot of these tackles as potentially guards. So it might be like offensive line. And it, it goes back to like the arm length discussion, Tyler, which to me, like, all right, I understand thresholds and the reason right. for thresholds, if we can get into this is if if they don't hit this number, like let's say 34-inch arms, mm. um, that offensive line group, that a, a team that only wants to draft players with 34-inch arms and longer, that pool is going to be so much smaller. So theoretically, your evaluations are just going to be that much better. But if you go to 33, 32, so on and so forth, then you have to you know broaden your, your, your vision. Yeah. Right, right. But there are tons of offensive tackles in the NFL and NFL history, like Joe Thomas, who's been the best of the last two decades, that has shorter arms. But uh, yeah, offensive line is a really good group in this class too. I'll, I'll throw a wide receiver. That's like actually a fun position to watch. There's like, I'd say there's nine players that I gave first or second round grades on. And I we might see a couple of those guys go in the first round. The difference though is typically you're thinking of like first round receivers, like six, two, six, three, 215 pounds. I mean, I'm not there's even like joking. three like, of those in this class. Yeah. There's like only a couple I'm bigger than like 80% of these prospects, which <laughs> not is not, joking. not a great, not a great sign at all. Uh, but I mean, I think that's just kind of like the, the NFL is like willing to just like throw a little three yard pass and like, or like a little screen or a jet sweep yeah. and let these small guys run around. But it, it is different because I mean, there's like six or seven of the top prospects like weigh like 190 pounds or less. There, it's just like totally different. There's one wide receiver who's going to be drafted maybe on day two or early day three who's 149 pounds named yeah, Tutu Atwell. Christ. Like, Tyler, when was the last time you were 149 pounds? For me, it was like 15 years old, you know? Look, middle school maybe, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so of the outside of – was it Waddle, Chase, Smith? You said yep. you had nine guys with first-round grades, Hayden. Who's your favorite of that – the non-big three. Uh, I'll throw out two. Uh, Elijah Moore went to Ole Miss. He's mm-hmm. one of the small guys, a slot receiver. He's super explosive. Uh, he's going to be the guy that's going to be like lining up in the backfield and kind of like doing just a little bit of everything. And then the other one's Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. And mm-hmm. he's like actually one of the taller guys. Um, what's, what's appealing about him is like he's like he's just probably one of the best route runners in the class. The problem is, is one of these, one of these wide receivers is going to probably go to the Ravens. And that, that's great for Lamar Jackson, but like, unfortunately, one of these good receivers probably gonna like only see seventy targets per year, which is, which sucks yeah. for for that. But 
Uh, Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore are the two names I'm watching. Is Ole Miss just wide receiver you now? Like Metcalf, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown, and now Elijah's good? Are they just what, – What's crazy about it is we're talking about these pass catchers who are 166, 170 pounds who are really good. Then you had these athletic phenoms and freaks that were 6'1", 6'2", 235 pounds. And AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, and then the fellow was like, "Nah, thanks. We're good. Yeah, we're all we don't sick. need you." <laughs> like DK Metcalf going sixty four, AJ Brown going in the early second round, middle second round, and now they're two of the best young wide receivers in the NFL. Like maybe that has now flipped a switch in, in decision makers' hands. Be like, oh, maybe we can bank on these athletic phenoms who were used incorrectly in college, and and just you know maybe coach them and try to improve them in the NFL. Mm. So to me, what I've gotten from this conversation is that the NFL no longer values athletes or people who are super athletic and defense is no longer something that's practiced. Because I don't think we've talked about a defensive player. <laughs> I was gonna entire- ask, where are the, where are the, who's the first defender that's probably going off the board? So I went back and did some long research on this. By that, I mean, I just typed in Google. Sure. And in modern history of the NFL, uh, I think since 1970, the latest defensive player that was drafted was Champ Bailey in 1999. Nice. And that, w- that was the seventh, seventh, seventh overall selection. But this year, I think number eight might be the earliest at the Carolina Panthers. So we're while we're setting records maybe with you know three or four or five quarterbacks in the first round, maybe seven in the top two rounds, it also might be that case with first defensive player drafted. And then that might even get pushed back to like number 10, number 11, so on and so forth. Yeah, I was gonna say tenth overall. It's, I mean, it's just not a good class at all. It's, yeah. it's just so bad. I, I don't know what happened. I, I'm guessing what is what's actually happening with football is all of the best athletes like used to play like running back or like linebacker, yeah. but the NFL doesn't pay those positions. Like now they're all playing wide receiver, yeah. and that's probably where all the best athletes are. And that's why I think like the last couple of classes, it's been deep at wide receiver. And like if you look in the future, I mean, I haven't watched these future prospects, but apparently the next class. It's supposed to be really deep at wide receiver. So I'm guessing you've had all of these high school guys, and they're like, well, I mean, Todd Gurley can <clears throat> or Todd Gurley barely, can barely make any money. He's out of the league in four, four years. Why would I want to play that position? I'll go uh, make more money at wide receiver. So maybe something to watch. And, and the other part of this, I also think that a lot of defensive linemen are turning to offensive linemen because offensive line is probably more athletic than it has been in years and years and years. And you see a lot of these guys be recruited as tight ends or defensive linemen at 260, 270 pounds. And they go in that meal plan in college and get up to like 305, 310. And, uh, and that's why you're seeing just a wealth of, of offensive line talent too, because those guys get paid a ton of money now. So who is that? You know, is the eighth to 10th. Who's that first defender off the board? Like who do y'all have in mind? This is going to be new information for Hayden because he and I, we did a whole mock draft on the underdog football show on the last episode. Um, I think the Carolina Panthers are going to take JC Horn, who's this corner coming out of South Carolina. And he's, I mean, I'm going to use some buzzwords here, but he's an alpha in the fact that he lined up op- opposite Kyle Pitts. Then next week, lined up against Devontae Smith, the next week lined up against Elijah Moore. Like you see so often these cornerbacks line up on one side of the field and they're like, I'm going to do my job and get out of here without letting my opposition make a catch. Meanwhile, J.C. Horn, who is like 6'1", an athletic freak, wanted to go against the other team's best wide receiver and best pass catcher while playing like in South that. Carolina. And uh, he, he has that personality. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the first defensive player off the board to number eight with Carolina. 
Josh, you gotta keep. You gotta stop doing this. We will will uh, record a show, and then like all of a sudden you'll have some sources and like not fill me in. So I sound like a dumbass, and like you're keeping all this information behind behind the scenes. You gotta you gotta let me know. Well, you well, we're teammates. We're teammates, Hayden. I I, I still gotta win this. You know, okay. it's still it's still somewhat of a competition we got going. So who, do you have a favorite defender? Like first round guys? Since I mean, there are apparently maybe one or two decent defenders. Like, is it just Jay Z Horn? Hey, you Patrick Sertan. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Sertan for me, Alabama quarter uh, cornerback. Mm-hmm. He, like insane athlete. Nick Saban like asked him to do so many things. One one of the crazy craziest things about Alabama is they run this like crazy like man match defense that like not too many college programs run. So they're asking their corners to like make a lot of reads in addition to just like matching up against SEC wide receivers. So Patrick Sertan, like I would be shocked if he's not a really good corner in the league, and I, I would bet that he would be the first defensive player off the board. Uh, he also has like NFL bloodlines, which like GMs for whatever reason love. You probably watched cool. his dad, Tyler. Like th- this is another thing this year. One why it sucks is that this draft class makes you feel old. Um, yeah, Horn, Horn. JC Horn. Yep. Yeah, Joe Horn. Um, Asante Samuel's kid is in this draft. Like. I mean, all of that's who Asante Samuel Jr. is. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're getting to the point where we're about to see like Adrian Peterson's kid come out in the draft. You know what I mean? So like it's 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 going to be tough one for, you know, just the ego with all these young guys coming in. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, I do have to ask this before we let you gentlemen go. My, My Kentucky Wildcats are projected to have a couple guys go day one, day two. I just need to like what what are we hearing about Jameen Davis? Where he's is a he? freak Kel- athlete. Kelvin Joseph. Like where are they where yeah. are they gonna fall? Kelvin Joseph is a tricky one. I won't touch that one. But uh but so Jameen Davis. Him. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the players you should have said, Josh, when they asked you. Who do you hate? <laughs> but uh but but Jameen Davis, I, I could see him going the Packers in the first round. Um mm. he's one of those true athletes that at the second level, like we hear all the time now with all those you know, movable tight ends, receiving tight ends, who's going to match up with them and a linebacker that can like turn and run and operate in space or, or work in man coverage. And, and Davis is one of those. I mean, yeah, he's, he's so fast. He's also new to, new to the position though. Um, so yeah. he's got some development to go through, but like, I think he made like 10 tackles per game and I, he was just like one of the most productive players too. So, and that was in his first year at starting, I believe. So yep. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to go round one. He's he's one of the best linebackers in the class. He's like one of the rare good defensive prospects this year. So okay, that's what like you he's said that, that well, I was like, oh no, does he actually stink too? No, but he's actually wrong? good. He's actually good. Why does Josh hate uh, Bossman Fat? No comment. Uh, Tyler, <laughs> let pick your favorite. Pick your favorite Kentucky wide receiver. Is it Randall Cobb or is it Stevie Johnson? Oh man. I gotta go, Stevie. Yeah, I gotta go, Stevie. One of the he was the, so good. One of the better route runners I've seen. Like that was at the time. Like he went in the seventh round. I was like, that's way too. Like I get the fl- he's not fast. I get all that. That's way too late. And so I looked forward to him just giving Darrell Rebus the blues twice a year. The only person I've ever seen consistently just get open and like run Darrell Rebus like out of the play. So I I gotta he's go. The dude do on the Bills. Runners. Yep. He was good. He used to kick the shit out of the Patriots. I did watch football once today. Stevie Johnson was good. Jam with the analysis. That's my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I, I do. I do have Randall, but I, I I gotta go Stevie, man. Okay. I just needed to get a take in. I felt like I hadn't made one in a while. I just, you get jumpy being on a sports podcast. You did. I like it. You shook the pen too. That's how you know you mean it. 
Mm-hmm. All right, last question. Give me. I just want one, either day two or day three, guy that you would just bet your life, your career on. Like if you, okay. if, you were in a, if you were in a draft war room, and somebody's like a day two or day three guy, you were like, this guy is going to be. I am certain this guy is going to be good. Uh, let's go with Terrace Marshall, sticking with wide receivers out mm. of LSU. Apparently, he broke his leg twice playing Jeez. football in high school, but he went through three years of LSU football and was fantastic there. I don't know if that's going to drop him uh, this draft weekend, but it shouldn't. He's one of those few wide receivers who's like 6'1", 6'2", over 200 pounds, basically ran in the Justin Jefferson role in 2020 after Jamar Chase opted out, and he's fantastic. He's super young. He's great with contested catches. And I, I kind of view him as like a Cortland Sutton type. Who's been great mm. with the, uh, with the Denver Broncos. He might not go until round two or round three, but I really, really like Terrace Marshall in the NFL. I'm going to stick with wide receiver, Diami Brown, North Carolina. He only lined up on one side of the field in like the, it's such a bad coaching staff over there. Like he only was asked <laughs> to run like four or five routes. Like it was like literally just like a go route, a curl or a slant or an out route. Like that was it. Like, we had Did they no, work though? I don't hate like if you, well. This is the thing. He had a thousand yards in two two straight seasons, and like he was insane on those routes. So I think that like eventually in the NFL, like he'll get a, a better coach, uh, offensive play caller, and I think that his his game will develop more. And he's super fast, super productive, and he's really young too. So Diami Brown, I think, could be like a legit like uh, probably a number two receiver. But I, I'm not ruling out like a true number one receiver. He's probably going to go like mm-hmm. round three. To bring this full circle here, Tyler, that same wide receiver coach or same offensive coordinator was the OC for DK Metcalf and AJ Brown at Ole Miss. So we mm. got to shoot that guy into the sun in terms of uh, making <laughs> our evaluation. Another person we hate, right there. Right, Ma- <laughs> making our evaluations difficult for wide receivers because he asked them to do like two things, but we don't know if they're going to be great NFL prospects or not. I kind of don't hate that though. It's like, listen, I know you're good at these three or four routes. We're just no, not even going to bother with it. Well, I'm fine with that too. Uh, no. <laughs> Josh Norris, Hayden Winks, thank you guys so much for joining us. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Yeah. We can, uh, we're can. we going to finish our, our baby boy segment, but you can catch the Underdog Football Show. That's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday. So let's do that. Tuesday and Thursday. Appreciate you guys. See you, man. We are live. It's time for picks. It's time for more terrible picks. Do we... Do we know what was my record last week? I feel like it was O and something. I believe you got one right. Uh, uh-huh. I think, but I think it was because a player was out. Let me check. What last week? Was- oh, I think so. I think you're right. Uh, well, I won the draft, which I'm remembering now. I have to, oh, I have to look at the pick'em results. Yeah, I think uh, Rozier, Jokic, and Embiid. Oh, no, you know what you did. It was, I missed that. Terry had 22. I needed 22 and a half. I missed that literally by one point. Oh, wild. Well, I think I might have just faded you and I won. So that's just shows I'm, how things listen, work. <laughs> listen, whack is in here. Whack knows. I am, I am begging you. I am begging people. Oh, man, I thought you were kidding. I am not. I am the worst in the world at this. Literally the worst in the world. So we're going to try to get a, a, a draft going. In the meantime... Baby boy of the week. Baby boy of the week. DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is the baby boy of the week. Signed the first 10-day with the Clippers. 
played well enough, got a second 10-day, played well enough, got signed through the rest of the season. Four games this past week. He's 11 points a game, nine rebounds a game off uh, the bench, 17 minutes per game off the bench, shooting 52% from the field, 50% from three. And they are three and one in those games. So you're doing great, DeMarcus. He and Rondo and Patrick Patterson working off the bench, getting a lot of cats together. Um, I like that. like what they got going out there. You're doing great, DeMarcus. Keep it up. Proud of you. Do you think he plays at all in the playoffs, or it's just a fun, fun little story right now? I, I could see certain matchups. Like if there's, it's going to be a, like if they run up into like the Nuggets or something, right? Like Serge Ibaka is great, but he's just like physically, I just think he don't think he has anything for Yoki. Boogie can't guard him either, but he can at least, you know, put 270, 280 pounds on him. So I, I think in spots, in spots. Let's see. Let's see. I simply lost the link to the draft. I thought I was in it. <laughs> I believe you are in the draft. Okay, just, there we go. Uh, there we go. I'll put it in the chat as well. If anyone wants to. Yeah, let's drop that in the chat. I'll tweet it as well. I did win last week. If people uh, were not checking in on my standings, uh, the risk team had me projected last, and now I'm laughing in their faces. Get them. Get their ass up off you, Jam. What does the risk team know about anything? I did have one of my players replaced because they got injured, and that uh, uh, he ended up uh who was it the the, um magic point guard cole anthony cole anthony uh one of my players got injury injured they flexed in cole anthony and he uh went to the moon with him so it really was no nothing i did at all but um that's how you win i remember i went under on cole anthony i was very certain about that he had 87 points i I could not have been (laughs) best game of his career i could not have been worse uh there's a benjamin don't man I mean, you can stand with me. Just fade me at the same time. Like I, I, I want, I want y'all to win some money. You understand? So we got okay. One spot field. If you can keep an eye on that, I am going to start looking for my pick, my pick'em picks. Yes, Let's sir. See. Rivals. Oh boy, this is this is how you know it's the dog days of the NBA. Theo Maladon versus Marcus Smart <laughs> and assist. I will be watching all of that game tonight. Kemba is out. Tatum is out. Robert Williams is out. It's oh. going to be an awful basketball game. Okay, so a lot of Marcus Smart assists is what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but well, although the Celtics could just get punished by the great Theo Maladon. This is very feasible. Ooh, staying away from that. Okay, I will ask this one to the chat. I like this. Steph, we got Golden State versus Dallas. Luca versus Steph in points, but Luca's getting four and a half points. Not a, not an insignificant amount of points. What are, those, what's a, those risk team son of a bitches? Try, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's a tricky question. What, I don't know where uh, to come down on that. Talk, talk to me, Wack. Talk to me, AJ. What the what what are we thinking here? Yeah, see, AJ bought his wife and her boyfriend a nice car by Ooh. fading me. Let's see. Is it filling up? How many people we get? We're still waiting uh, for three people. So right, Wax in there. Wax ready to go. Wax, Wax said he learned the rules, man. He ready to not <laughs> give away more money. What are we thinking, Chet? Um, I mean, Steph has been 
Steph, like he had the one bad game, then he backed 32 37. Luca's also been balling, though. I feel like it's also the Steph, though. Steph's on a run, but I also feel like it could fall into the dual category where it's like, oh, Steph's going off. So now Luca knows that he needs to match him. And then you get the four and a half points. Like I saw it happen with Tatum and Steph recently where it's like, okay, Star takes over and just starts scoring. Right. And. I don't know. I've seen Luca's just dominated this. Like he can go off at any point. It's freaking risk team jerks, bastards. He also he likes to get his assist. Steph don't care about the assist. Nor should he. No, no, he's a <laughs> selfish player. Uh, I've always said it. I think I'm going with Steph. I think I'm going. St- I can't wait till Luca hits just a meaningless seventy-five foot <laughs> shot. Like the game is game is long decided. Um, Give me Steph there. Ba- baseball. Okay. I'll look at some baseball. It's going to have more bases. John Carlos Stanton or DJ LeMayhew? Somebody help. Hey, AJ, help me out. You're a baseball guy. You shouldn't have told me you're a baseball guy. I'm leaning Stanton. I just know he like he's a dingers guy. One dinger, that's four homers. Oh, the draft is a, a starting. We've got the people. Uh, uh. We got 45 seconds. So I'm, I'm going to push you to make a quick pick on Giancarlo or DJ LeMahieu. Uh, Giancarlo. Let's go, Giancarlo. I like that. Pick right. him with your gut. All right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. We're going to lock in the Curry and Stanton. The classic combination of Steph Curry and Giancarlo Stanton yes. is, is locked in. <laughs> Two peas in a pod, uh, some would say. Tyler, you have the last pick in the first round. This is bull. Oh, it's a snake draft, so you might get uh, that little advantage there. Get two guys. We'll see how you how you play the snake. I might get some crap. Well, well probably will. The risk team's looking to screw us all over. I'm gonna come see the risk team. They gonna <laughs> before this is said and done. They are gonna have to smell my cologne. So <laughs> okay, no bow socks is on the board right now. You took Giannis. Who the hell is that? Um, Giannis just having a sneaky MVP season, but we're not allowed to talk about it. No. Well, okay. All right. We're we're heating up now. I'll take Luka Doncic. I get two picks in a row, so you guys can suck it. It's <laughs> exactly how it works. Kev's going with Kevin Durant. That makes some sense. I give me Carl Anthony Towns because Houston stinks. The second pick, though. So Jalen Brown is playing tonight. He is, but no Tatum. No who else is who else is out? No Kemba. Okay, I'll give me give me some juice. I'm going juice. Did you read the star that was on my board? He was the, the guy I favorited because I'm a huge homer, and uh, sure. he's also needs to score at least like 28 points tonight. That's why I tell I, him to spite you. I hope so. I can't go with Pascal Siakam. I don't respect him. Um, <laughs> I'm going with a Goga Bidadice just because he's playing the Trailblazers, and their defense is awful. And I've always it's, liked the guy with Badazzi. a strong Oh. It's Badazzi. That's, that's on me. Christian Wood is off the board. Whack. Let's see what, what Charlotte Hornet is whack gonna pick. Rosie really is right feels like there. The, 
the talent fell off this draft immediately once we got into the uh, the second round. You're lucky you got it, the that double pick. I'm gonna end up with like Ennis Cantor. Wet. Probably, unfortunately. Come on, wet. Just go and take Rosier, man. I know you're looking at it. Drew Hall. Okay, I think he clicked the wrong name. That's uh, okay. There, <laughs> there he is. Rose off the board immediately. I got one more player that I want tonight, and if somebody takes him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna riot. I'll riot is what I'll do. I'm trying to think who that player is, and then I'll go out of my way to spite you and take him. You'll never guess. Kelly Olenek. Okay, you guessed. <laughs> is Kelly Olenek That's... thriving now that he's a Houston Rocket? Who knows? He is. He is, like, legit. Because, again, they don't have anybody else, like, getting minutes. Was it Fred Van Vliet? Damn it. Maybe. I get two in a row, so I'm definitely getting one of them. Yes, nobody took them, dummies. Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges was the guy. I want He's Miles playing Bridges. well. He's playing really well. I want Miles Bridges here. And for my second pick, I get respect. I think Draymond's a great player. I feel like fantasy is not not his game. No, his his defensive intangibles don't really. Carry yeah, you over can't. You the... don't really get a point and a half for uh, switching to pick and roll. You know what? I will go with Kelly O'Linick. Ooh, that's right. The pride of Cam Loops, British Columbia. That's right. Way I once drove. I, I once drove to Cam Loops, British Columbia, just to see it because I knew it was the home. I was driving through Canada, but I made sure to stop in Cam Loops. It's a it's a nice town. Nice hometown. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm on the clock. I'm too busy telling stories about Kelly Olenek. Too busy um, road tripping. Road, uh, Karis LeVert or Marcus Smart? Karis LeVert you, is playing. You know you the, want Marcus Smart, man. Let's let's stop the damn cap. Yeah, Marcus Smart's going to shoot nine threes tonight. Two of them might go Smart, in. And I trust Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart threw the ball on an inbounds off someone's back the other day uh, and led to a perfect uh, Kemba Walker open three. He missed it, but yeah. uh, it was a – I just love uh, crafty schoolyard hijinks. Yeah, uh, shenanigans. <laughs> Marcus Smart is the king of shenanigans. Devon, okay, yeah. I knew. Listen, Wack was not going to do a draft without one Charlotte Hornet. I'm slick to him. I'm slick to him and the wrist team. Is Wack a big Charlotte Hornet fan? He is the Charlotte Hornet fan. Oh, well, tell him he needs to root hard for assistant coach Nick Friedman, who's uh, just a buzzsaw in this league. He's uh, doing amazing things. He's the reason the Hornets are so good. Just you heard him, Wack. Draft Nick Friedman. Nick Friedman will get you some points. Yeah, see, I like what the underdog team said. If they had Miles, if they had RTB MB, he would have went first. That's his rap name. He's, he's better <laughs> rapped at basketball. Jay, I was looking at McDaniels, too. That's a good pick. Who made that pick? Wet. Ah, never mind. It wasn't a good pick. If Wet made it, it wasn't a good pick. Never mind. Y'all better not let me get two more picks in a row. You'll be awfully sorry. I ended up getting my Karis Levert anyways. See? I can't believe Maladon's still on the board. Uh, Celtics defense was not good no. against the Hornets. Can't believe 
Wow, Kev, it'd be a real shame if Kev took him. Real shame. Fuck! I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to catch Love Russell. I'll never forgive you. You tried. You uh, tried to uh, reverse psychology that one. My poker face is horrible. Um. Actually, you know what? I will take Draymond Green. Because I do, I think Steph's going off. I like to have a little a hand in both, both of my game of skills. Uh, I got one last pick. One last pick. Boy, it Edmund Sumner. Who? That's right. Uh, give me Ennis Cantor. I need a Wildcat on the team. I don't I like just, that pick. I don't I'm like. Ne- as soon as I, as soon as I made it, I didn't like that pick. I just don't. There's, not a, not an Ennis guy. Ennis stinks. I don't like that pick as soon as I made it. I finished with Poku because uh, he's a freak. Well, you got Stain. Jam is a villain. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think there's any. Uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with this. I think that's the role I was born to play. See, Wack, now you got to take a Boston Celtic. Really show it. Really give it to him. Yeah, take Peyton Pritchard. He's probably starting. <laughs> Romeo Langford's about to give you six points off the uh, with 35 minutes. But it'll look it'll be a good looking six. The defensive intangibles will be on, on point. I mean, the guy has instincts. That's not that's not how it's spelled, AJ. It's not in ass. Let's see. Okay, we got our projections here. I don't. Okay, I don't. Th- I'll read them off. I don't think you can show them from desktop yet. Projected to go number one or win uh, is Kev R, and it's all because he got D'Angelo Russell. That's literally the only reason because he stole my pick. Second, Whack is projected to go second. Third, Jam. I'm projected to go fourth. So I, I like a little chip on my shoulder. No Bow Socks, fifth, and Ketchup Stain is projected to bring up the rear. I like That's my team, though. I think I got a good team. Who are you feeling strongest about tonight? Carl Anthony Towns or Juice or Miles Bridges? Theo Maladon. No. Um, the Timberwolves are riding the wave of sweeping the Utah Jazz in a home and home series, and just making Rudy Gobert look like an idiot. So there's a lot of I, good, good things going in their direction. I think it's going to be Ennis Cantor's night. Yeah, I think it might be the. This is the night. It's like wow, he's got thirty points and thirty. He, like he's good for one of those randomly. He can put up twenty rebounds. Uh, at least eight of them on his own misses. Like uh, yeah. getting the offensive rebound. He's that's that's Ennis Cantor special. Like, you know. One possession, two rebounds, uh, going to the line for, and then maybe averaging two points. This is exactly what I want to see when I click Ennis Cantor's name. The latest news story: reduced role in Wednesday's loss. <laughs> well, they need to turn things around because they lost. Yeah, nowhere to go but up. Feeling good. Okay, I got. So we got Steph and Giancarlo. That was my two-time pick. Let's see. Let's. I thought we got a. It's like a full NBA slate every single night because they have a hundred games to make up in like four days. 
A full NBA slate and just not a lot of star players because everyone is hurt. That's why we got Theo Maladon is just just like popping up everywhere. Devontae Graham. Okay. Devontae Graham's getting one assist versus Drew Holiday. Still in in rivals. Yeah, yeah. I like the rivals. Uh, I'm going Drew Holiday there. Give me Drew Holiday there. Then we'll go back to my beloved over-unders. Terry, uh, Terry I can, not again, you slide boots, you. Lou Dort, okay, give me the over on Lou Dort's points. He's been getting a lot of shots because they have literally nobody else. And give me Durant's back. I mean, he, you never know with him, man. Give me under on Durant's points. I feel like I feel like they're going to beat them pretty handily, and they just won't need him. That works yeah, for me. Lock one. it in. Lock it in. Let's over lock. for Lou Dort, <laughs> under for Durant, and Drew Holiday to have more assists than Devontae Grant. I can't wait for Durant to score 57 points tonight. <laughs> this is his comeback game. This is where he announces himself as MVP this season. He's like, I've never been healthier. Uh, no player has gone on a better 12-game run to end the season than Kevin Durant <laughs> when he averaged 45 and 22. It all aligns with Whiskers picking him. I said, damn it. Uh, all right, now this is this is the four-time bet. This is the big boy. This is the whopper. Give me... Give me over seven and a half rebounds on Draymond. I did a live draft the other day on Twitch, and these these idiots, I won't say any names, told me to go under on Draymond's assist. It was eight and a half. You know how many assists he had that night, Jam? Nah. I'll tell you. 19. <laughs> what? Literally doubled it up and then some. Well, that's fantastic. I'm, I'll never forgive them. So I'm going over on Draymond Green's rebounds. Give me. Give me under on Cat 26 and a half points. He's been playing a, a more well-rounded game. Well-rounded game. Give me over 20 and a half points for Fred Van Fleet. Nets don't really like play the defense. I don't I don't think Freddie V V is gonna have two bad games in a row. And give me <laughs> This is tough. Okay. I feel like these are, these are the sweet spot. These are what the risk team don't want you to do. The lower point totals. I'm going to go over Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, it's going to be a big Nine Dante. Nine points. Big, big game for Dante. So, yeah, give me over on Dante, over on Freddie V, under on Cat, over on Draymond Green rebounds. Lock that in. A nice 22-cent bet. Lock it in. That's That's 10X. That's an that's an outrageous amount of X. I'm just a lot of X, man. I'm just saying. If Boy, this was a moon, a... if this was a moonshine, this would be an intense whiskey. It would be like the one set on like the top shelf when you kick in the double doors of the saloon. It's the one sitting on the top shelf. So and you immediately breathe fire as soon as you drink it. Boy, oh boy, I feel awful about these pigs. <laughs> Absolutely awful. But we will see. We will know by tomorrow. When the show is out, tomorrow's show, we did an NFL draft special. We had Josh Norris and Hayden Winks join us. 
uh, and we just yelled at different young players in the draft. It was, it was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think the people will enjoy it as well. I uh, appreciate you all for joining me here. We'll catch you live. We'll probably be doing this around three ish. So look forward to making some, like, just know that Wednesday, your Wednesday night dinner is going to, that's when you get the, the surf and turf for you and the missus or the mister, whoever you're, you're buying surf and turf for. So appreciate you all. Appreciate Jam behind the boards. And we'll catch y'all next week.